Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Abundant Life Long Beach. We hope wherever you are listening that this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Philippians chapter 5, verse, chapter 2, sorry, verse 5 through 8. And I'm reading from the NIV. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being a very being very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to death, even the cross. The scripture I want to really hone in on is, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Amen? In, in, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. There's another verse, uh, uh, translation that says let this same mind which is with you also be in Christ Jesus I mean you've heard that amen I want you guys to repeat after me and say let this mind be in you say it one more time let this mind be in you Father, in the name of Jesus, for the next few minutes, I ask that people would pause life and sink into your word today. I come against distraction. I come against uh, fear, anxiety. But Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak today in the name of Jesus. That people can block life out for the next few minutes to hear what the word has, what the Lord has for them today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> sit down. Being a Christian means, and, and just what you guys got to understand, like, being a Christian means following the footsteps of Jesus. Being a Christian means following the footsteps of Jesus. That's it. We, we, we've done so much to what Christianity is, but when we go to the root, the rudimentary of it, being a Christian is following in the footsteps of Jesus. John says in, in uh, 1 John 2, 6, it says, this is the only way to be sure we are in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. Anyone who claims to be intimate or in a relationship with God should be following in the same footsteps that Jesus Christ did. If you claim to be a part of an organization, uh, uh, 
wherever you work, you're following in the footsteps and the rhythm of what you're a part of. You understand? We don't just name and claim to be a part of something that doesn't make it anything. Where it holds its value is when you follow in the footsteps of what you're saying you're a part of. Are, are you guys with me today? In order for us to walk like Jesus walked, we must think like Jesus. Jesus says, you must walk. If we're going to walk like Jesus, how many are Christians? That means you follow Jesus. In order to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then you must think the way he thinks. And if I get up and walk out of this room and you guys are following Donnie, you can say you follow me, but if you're not getting in a single file line and walking behind me, you're not following me. And in the only way to understand where I'm going, you've got to get into the mind of who I am to understand where I'm going. So we can't say I just follow Jesus without getting having an understanding of who he is, how he walked. That's the only way we can follow Jesus Christ. Everything else is just religion and emotion and just, uh, 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 just, it's just out there. Consider this. Everyone you see around you is a, everything you see around you is a product of someone's thought. That chair you're sitting in, this microphone that I have, the vehicle you drove today, it's a product of someone's thinking. The mind is a powerful tool, you guys. I said the mind is a powerful tool. There are uh, people in, incarcerated in prisons across the nation today that are in jail, behind bars physically, but some of them are mentally free. In the top five prisons across the United States of America, 30% of the inmates are mentally free. In the top five tough, I'm talking rough, well, who's watched the, like those prison shows? In the toughest prisons, in the top five, 30% of the inmates in those prisons are mentally free. Where we have people that are not in prison that walk around in a free country that are mentally shackled and in jail. So again, my statement is that the mind is an extremely important tool. Um, it, it controls your thoughts. It produces your thoughts, your beliefs, your intentions, your fears, your behaviors, your dislikes. All is produced by the mind. Bob says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And a lot of people say, well, I do whatever my heart says. No, your mind controls what your heart feels. I love you with all my heart. Love, the Bible says, love you with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. But everything starts in the mind. Everything starts in the mind. God's word places a strong emphasis on the, on the power of, of your thinking. The Bible talks a lot about it. The Bible talks a lot about your thinking. God puts a lot of emphasis on what you think and how you think. It is in the Bible. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinketh 
think in his heart, so is he. That's Bible. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, finally, whatever is true. What do I think? What should I think about? And some of you, your minds are racing right now. Here's what's crazy. In the world we live in today, we can't even be present. We're gonna, we're gonna have a great, this is gonna be a great series. We can't be present and sing it, sink in to where we are. I do it all the time. Sometimes my wife is talking and I'm thinking like a thousand things. She's like, you're not listening to me. Why am I not listening? Because I have a million things racing in my mind. And I honestly, and I'll leave you guys to leave me out of here. I honestly have to literally sink in and tune in to what she's saying. Wait a minute, but let me free you. It's not your fault. You, you know why it's not your fault? It's not your fault because the world we live in is designed to saturate your mind with things that benefit the earth versus benefiting you. So the Bible says, how many do what the Bible says? <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, uh, of any anything exciting or praiseworthy, think on those things. And in our scripture today in Philippians it says, Philippians chapter 2 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. When Paul is talking to a church, when he says that, he's talking to a church, he's writing to a church and saying, church of abundant life, let the mind of Christ be in you. As your pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm with him too on that. I'm saying abundant life, let this mind which is also in Christ Jesus. That's the mind. Paul is saying, let this mind be in you. He's referring to the mind of Christ. Let the mind of Christ be in you. Learn to think like Jesus thinks. Have the same attitude that Christ had. Your mind produces your attitude. Some of you say, well, fix your attitude. You gotta have the right mind before you can have the right attitude. Your mind produces the what your mind produces is what you feed your mind. Whatever you're feeding your mind is what you produce. Are you guys with me? The question then is, um, what kind of mind did Christ have while he walked on this earth? We have to realize, church, that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, walked this earth. The same earth that you're on is the same earth that Jesus walked on. So that is why we will follow the mind of Christ because he was here on the same earth that we are on today. So if he uh, lived on this earth and he was thinking and walking on this earth, I want to know what type of mindset did he have while he was here. He was fully human and he was fully God. Are you with me, church? So what, what did he think? What was his attitude? Paul answers those questions for you. Write down the point number one. If we're going to take notes through the series, write down point number one. Let us, let us have a selfless mind of Christ. 
Somebody say the selfless mind of Christ. Selfless mind of Christ. In verse number seven it says, but made himself of no reputation. Verse number seven in the scripture that we read, but he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant and coming into the likeness of man. So, so, so check this out. He made himself of no reputation, Jesus did, when he should have had a ton of reputation. He made himself of no reputation, Jesus made himself of no reputation, when he should have had a ton of reputation. That's like you guys flipping through social media, like uh, YouTube, oh no, um, Instagram, or Facebook. How many flip through? Okay, I flip through. Man, you guys are a tough crowd today. How many flip through Facebook? So when you flip through Facebook, you flip through, that's like you guys flipping through social media and, and, and or hearing on the news, newsflash, Donald Trump, the President of the United States, took a job at McDonald's as a cook. That'd be shocking, right? Some of you guys would be shocked, some of you guys would be happy. Newsflash, he stepped down and he became, uh, so, so imagine Jesus came into the world, he held the highest position in the universe, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and in verse number six he says, and Jesus held, he held the highest position and equal to God, verse number six says that, but Jesus willingly went from the highest position to the lowest positions. So if we're going to have a healthy mind, a healthy mind is a selfless, a selfless mind. Now, why did he do that? What he did is he had to do that. To, 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 he was literally emptying everything of himself out of himself so that he could become uh, and do the will of the Father. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? In order for you to fulfill the assignment that God has for you, you have to empty uh, um, your, of yourself out. So that you can be fulfilled, filled with the Spirit of God to fulfill the assignment that He's called you to do. So we're talking about Jesus. Jesus had to uh, 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 make Himself selfless. Imagine, He's up there with the up there with the Father, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he's going to go down on the earth. He says, in order to do that, I've got to empty my royalty of who I am. In order to go to an earth like you and me are on, to fulfill the assignment that he's called me to do. You all are here by purpose, by assignment. You're a, what is my assignment? You're being a mother, you're being a grandmother, you're being a father, you're being a husband. You're being something. It is your assignment. You're in your assignment now. We're waiting for something huge, like my wife talked about, but you're in your assignment right now. Your season is now. So the only way to know what you're doing in your season, uh, by the Father, is you have to empty yourself at, from our example, Jesus Christ. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. He could have claimed here and said, you know what? I've been kicking it with angels. I've been up there with the Father. I know what your mansion looks like. I am the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I'm born of a virgin, but I'm coming down here and I'm getting rid of who I know I am to fulfill the assignment that Paul has for me. But that's a sort of a mindset that you have to have to do that. So point number one is we've got to make sure that we are Selfless. 
How do I do that? I have to put, it's literally looking at your body as a picture in all the stuff that makes me up. I have to get rid of it and be an empty picture and say, pour the living water, which is Jesus Christ's will, into my life. I want to be filled with what your purpose is. Imagine, though. So, so when Jesus did that, he was able to then put others first because he got rid of himself. Because when you're full of yourself, you think of yourself all the time. How does this benefit me? How, do I can, how can I get an angle on this? How can I help you but then help me at the same time? How can I 50-50 on? Can we get third? Can I get 3%? That's the world we live in, right? What you gonna give me? I'm gonna hook you up and what you gonna do for me? How am I gonna how am I gonna benefit, benefit this? How are we gonna come to sit at the table and I get a good piece of this pie? Uh, are you with me? Yes, yes. He put but see because Jesus got rid of himself, he was able to put others first, he thought about others, he was able to uh, be concerned and think about others first. Just think about you guys. How imagine how wonderful this world would be if everyone was selfless as Jesus was. How great our marriages would be, how great relationships would be, how great the workplace would be, how peaceful your home would be. But unfortunately, young people, this world is full of self. We see it in movies, we see it in TV, we see it in the government, we see it in the presidency, we see it in the highest level of authority. It's all about me, my opinion, myself, who I am, how I am, and that is why you create a sick mindset thinking about yourself. Are you with me? There is no selflessness. It's all it's only selfies. Look at me. Look at myself. Look at who I am. That is a sick mindset. It is work to do that. The enemy was kicked out of heaven because he thought about himself too much. So wait a minute, then is the world walking after the attributes of Jesus Christ who was selfless? Or are we following the footsteps of the enemy? All he wanted to do was make a grandstand of himself. And he was cursed from, from, from heaven down to the earth because he thought so much of himself. How, Pastor Donnie, do I have a healthy mind? You've got to get rid of yourself. You've got to get rid of yourself. To have a, a healthy mindset, you've got to get rid of yourself. And I'm going to challenge every single one of you. This is all great, but we've got to make this word application. Come on. We've got to make, we've got to put this stuff to work. We've got to put this to, 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 to motion. Yes, yes. I'm going to challenge you for the next few weeks to see how many people you can put first. Mm-hmm. Who can you think of first? Yeah. Let them get in line first. That's right. uh-huh. I tried to do that this week. I was at the grocery store and I like to go to the five, what is it, 15, 15 items or less? How many count to see what's in there? I'm like, you got 20 in there. I got uh, milk and some cookies. Like, what's the deal? You belong in that line over there. So here's what I practiced. This lady was coming over here and I was going to the line and like we started the slow race. So she was going to get there first. She was speeding up. She was looking at the But she had a little pep in her. She started walking fast. So I started walking a little bit faster. Holy Spirit said, you learned. You, you're about to preach about letting people go first. And you go. So I slowed up. And I said, go ahead. You go ahead. With your 100 items. 
the opportunity arises this week, church, relax. Let people have the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead. You go first. Because I know how to get rid of myself. So that I'm, 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 when, you're, when you're not full of yourself, then you actually know who you are and you're more centered. I'm secure in who I am. You go ahead. That's what you want to do? You go ahead and do that. You want that parking space? Go ahead and get that parking space. I'm going to sit here and allow you to have it. It's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, how do you really feel? So I beat her in mind. I got my little items. And I have that proud feeling, right? Like I beat you. You know, and I feel, does that really feel good? Like I beat that person uh, in, in there in the, in the parking lot. I got into a parking spot before they won, you know. Like, well, how does that feel? I, I won up you. I'm, I'm better than you. All that means is I'm insecure. Sins, and we're going to move on with these things. No, but he walked, he talked, 
mindsets, you have to be humble. He says, and he humbled himself. Humility, humility is a, is, is a strange thing. Now listen, if you take pride in being a humble person, you're not a, you're not a humble person. If you're hashtagging humble on stuff on your Instagram, you're not humble. Humility is not thinking less less of yourself, watch this, but rather thinking of yourself less. Man, I wish I had a church this morning. Humility is not thinking less of myself. It's thinking about myself less. Again, let's go back. If you're thinking so much about you, you have an unhealthy mind. If you're thinking more about others, like who Jesus did, then your mind is healthy. Humility is knowing the truth about God. What is humility then, Pastor Diamond? Humility is knowing the truth and the awesomeness about God and knowing the truth about yourself. Humility is knowing the truth about yourself. Knowing the truth about yourself could be twofold. The truth about myself is that I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm the, I'm, I'm the son of the living God. I'm a, I, I, I mean, I'm a child of the living God. The truth of myself is I'm talented, I'm gifted, I'm a father, right? The truth, of, that's the truth. I, 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 I'm learned, I understand, I went to school, went to college. The truth about myself is that I do get it and I understand. The truth about myself is I have finances, I have money, I have resources. The truth about myself is that I am talented, I'm gifted, sports, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is. The truth about myself is that I'm going to college, I'm doing well. The truth about myself is that I have favor because I'm connected with God. The truth about myself is I'm saved, I'm baptized, I'm going to heaven. The truth about myself is that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But the truth means I still must be humble in the truth. And so be in humility, you have to know the truth about yourself. And then the other part of humility is know the real truth about yourself that other people don't know. So those are all the good things about myself that I should not boast about, but I must stay humble about. But the other part of myself that keeps me humble is that I'm fearful. The other part about myself that you don't know is that I'm a little scared. Right? The other part about myself is that I'm not sure of myself all the time, and I'm not always elegant, and I'm not sure if I should get promoted to the next level at my job. I'm not sure if I start this business. I'm not sure if I'm being a good father. I'm not sure if I'm the best pastor. I'm not sure if I'm the best friend, but that's the place that I need to stay in there because I, that keeps me humble. I'm humble on the, on, on the, on the challenging side, but I gotta stay humble on the strength side of myself, and whatever side I'm in, I gotta stay humble. The problem is, is the world that we live in, on the strong side, people step into that and they step into pride. That's right. All right. Who's with me? Yeah. Pride causes me to think about myself. And when I call, when I'm in conversation, all I'm talking about is myself. So let's talk, let's have a conversation. Hey, Johnny, how was your day? So you go talk to a dude named Johnny and say, hey, how was your day? You go talk to a guy named Johnny and you're going to go talk to him. You went to go talk to Johnny. You called him. You went to his house. You're supposed to be talking to him. But you go to Johnny and say, hey, man, how's it going? Good. So Johnny says, good. 
And then you said that to him, well, Tony, things are going really good at my job, I just want you to know. And um, I had a tough time getting, getting to work, and uh, my car was breaking down, but you know what, I just put a down payment on a new Ferrari, and uh, it's coming next week. And so I'm not worried too much about my job because I'm getting promoted in two days. And um, I'm blessed and highly favored, by the way. The Lord is on my side. I'm not worried about anything. I pray without ceasing. And I know that God is on my side. I'm not worried and I have fear. I have pride and I know who I am and I'm strong. I don't have the spirit of fear, but I have the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That dude has no humility. Wait a minute. You went to go talk to him and all you're talking about is yourself. That is mental sickness. Number one, you need more people to say, give you affirmation, and you're not getting affirmation, so you gotta pump yourself and gotta hear yourself talk. And you're thinking nothing about that dude. You really should have went to him and say, How was your day? Well, tell me more about that. Well, why do you feel that way? Well, what caused you to do that? I understand how you're feeling. Well, let me hear more about that. I understand how you feel. I'm sorry you went through that. Wait a minute. We're following who, you guys? Who do we follow? That's Christian. So now watch this. Let this mind be in me, his mind. A selfless mind is the example I just gave you that's just talking, talking, talking about self. But the mind of how would Jesus have the conversation with Johnny? He would be saying, well, I'll be there for you. Wait a minute. How would Jesus be talking to the person? I understand how you feel. Well, I'm here for you. Tell me more. Well, why did you go through that? Why did that happen? I understand how you feel. How do you, what can we do together? How can we work on this together? A humble mind doesn't have to talk about all the stuff that you, all that stuff could be happening in your life, but that's not what's important. Jesus knows who he was, but he was listening to people. That's a healthy mind. Somebody say, that's a healthy mind. That's a healthy mind. That's a healthy mind. A healthy mind is a mind of, is the mind of Christ. Pride starts in the mind. Humility starts in the mind. It's your choice. bad when it's all about you. It's so bad. If Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, lived the life, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the savior of the world, humbled himself and became a lonely servant, a man who walked on this earth, we should be able to humble ourselves. And when you're humble, a humble mindset, then you receive favor. You always see people that don't talk about themselves. Always quiet, thinking about the other person, they got everything. Yeah. Right? True. Humble mindset. Number one, selfless. Number two, humble. Number three, obedient. We must have an obedient mindset. He humbled himself and became obedient. Somebody say became okay. to the point of death. So Jesus, again, is our example of, 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 a, of a healthy mind. What did he do? He became obedient. Some of us don't look at that part. Watch this, church. He became obedient. Ah, that's it. Some of us think, well, Jesus is just obedient because he's Jesus. I'm trying to read the word to you. 
like that? He became obedient. Wait a minute. We think Jesus is just obedient because he's Jesus. That's why I love serving him because I relate. We relate. He became obedient even to the point of death. Even to the point of death means um, he said, if you take this cup from me, all these pro proceeds until the cross, he had all these feelings he didn't want to do it. There's emotions and feelings and it's recorded in scripture where he didn't want to be obedient, but he became obedient. So even sometimes when you guys don't feel obedient, understand that Jesus didn't always feel obedient, but he had to become obedient. He became obedient. Somebody say, I'm becoming obedient. So, so let me take the pressure off of you. Sometimes you slip, you fall, you make bad decisions, and, and sometimes we disobey God, right? But it didn't say he was uh, an obedient. It says he became obedient. The Bible says be renewing by your mind. See, God is so awesome. He knows in the life we live, stop. Hey, let me take pressure off a lot of you right now. Stop trying to get it right with the first... This is my coach used to tell me, stop trying to hit a home run. Uh, my my uh, mentoring coach says, don't hit a home run and talk about it in life all the time. Stop trying to hit a home run. Stop trying to be perfect with everything. Become. Right? Be renewing my mind and I'm becoming obedient. If Jesus Christ became obedient, then don't worry. You're becoming obedient to the things that the word is teaching us. There are people sitting there feeling under condemnation, feel like they're missing the mark because I'm not obedient. So because I'm not obedient and I feel bad, I don't go to church anymore because I'm a disobedient person. But if you read the scriptures right, Jesus said he became obedient even to the, even to the point of death. So he was becoming. See, so we have free will to make the whatever decisions we want to make through your mind. You can choose to serve God or not. You can pray today or not. You can read your word or not. You can go to church if you want to or not. You can worship if you want to or not. You can give your tithes if you want to or not. Right? You can serve if you want to or not. You can do whatever you want to or not because you have a mind. Have you heard the statement, my mind, their mind is just wired a certain way? Huh? Have you guys heard that? Most successful people's minds are wired a certain way and you can't move it. Jesus' whole purpose um, in life was to do the will of his father. His mind was wired that way. Are you with me, church? His mind was wired just to do the will of his father. Every time he made a decision or was going to make a decision, he consulted with the father. His mind, I want to do the will of the father. Not my will, but that will be done. We step into the place because we have a mind, we have a free will. I'm an adult now. I'm grown up. I pay, my, I pay bills. I'm a parent. I'm a mother. I make my own decisions. If I want to do this, I won't do this. If I don't want to do this, I won't do this. I do this and whatever I want to do, right? But Jesus had a mind that he says he had a disciplined mind. Somebody say a disciplined mind is a healthy mind. If your mind isn't disciplined, then it's all over the place. Are you with me? We want a healthy mind, but a mind is not disciplined. If you want to uh, uh, gain more muscles, you want to go to the gym, you want to lose weight, you got to be disciplined, eating healthy, and at the gym. Discipline. If you want a 
But that's not how our mind works. I, however I feel. That's what I feel I'm doing. That's just what I think. But wait a minute, we're following after Jesus. Jesus consulted with Christ. Uh, uh, but slow to speak, slow to... He processed everything in his mind before he moved. You ain't got to give an answer to your children every, every time they have a question. Right. Say, you know what, that's good. Let me go consult with the Father. Jesus walked away all the time and went to go in prayer. Why? Because he wants to get counsel from the Father to make a, to make a kingdom decision. You guys, listen to me. Pray about everything. On the count of three, say that. One, two, three. Pray about everything. Consult with the Father, and he will give you direction so you can make a right decision. We do it backwards. We make decisions, and then go to the Father and ask him to fix them. Uh, because when you pray and get the mind of the Father, then the decisions that you make are based on what God has told you. It's not your own decision. That's a God decision. No, you guys, pray about everything. I know you're educated. I know you probably get it. But just go get on your knees and pray to the Father. Are you with me, you guys? He prayed about everything. Nobody like the kind of obedience that survives, the kind of obedience, um, I mean, the kind of obedience that we should have to survive is a mindset my mind is wired to obey God. My mind is wired to obey God. Yes. I don't think about, I just obey God. I'm, I'm, I'm obedient to the Father. Yeah, right. A healthy mindset is wired to obey what God says. That is a healthy mind. Yes. If you're thinking, well, you know what? I can obey and I don't have to obey because there's this thing called forgiveness. Then you are abusing grace. So if I'm disobedient, I know I can come back and ask for forgiveness because I know he's faithful to forgive. Well, you can do that because he is faithful to forgive, but what type of relationship now do you have with the Father? I will forgive my children every time they make a mistake, I will forgive them because I love them. Are you with me, church? Christ will forgive you because of, but there's got to be a, we're talking about an unhealthy mind. There's something sick in my children's mind if they're going to continue to disobey me and come back and ask for forgiveness. Yes, I'm going to forgive them. How many parents will forgive their son, every child, every time they fall? But you start looking at your child a certain way if they keep um, uh, abusing your grace, keep, 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 keep just doing whatever they want to do, coming back and asking for forgiveness. Then I start to wonder, something is wrong with my child. We're talking about mental health. There's something mentally off. If you have the audacity to call yourself in a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to go out and literally disobey the Father, come back, ask for forgiveness, go back, disobey the Father, come back, ask for forgiveness, that means you're mentally not healthy. But he sits back lovingly and he forgives. We've got to get to the place to say, I've got to have the mind, a healthy mind. A healthy mind says, I thank God for your grace. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would not be here today. If it wasn't for your mercy, I would not be here today. If you did not get on the cross, die for my sins, raise on the third day, I would be dead in my trespasses and sin. You saw fit to forgive me, to love me, and I will not stay in a position of 
sick relationship when you think about it. To go back and forth. I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm sorry, forgive me. I'll do better. I'm sorry, forgive me. I'll do better. Something is wrong in your mind. You got to have the mind of Christ. A healthy mind is a mind that says, I love the Lord so much. And my mind is wired like Jesus because I'm going to do the will of the Father. The will of the Father is obedience. The will of the Father is obedience. And that means we're hot and we're not cold. We're not, we're not, we're not hot. We're not cold. We're a little lukewarm. I'm in the middle. The Bible says I spew you out of my mouth because you're not hot or cold. You can't make a decision. You're playing this game with me and we can't move forward. I can't bless you. I can't do things for you because you keep running around in a cycle because there's something wrong with your mind. But a wired mind says regardless, I'm going to obey the Father. And I wish I had a church that would say today I make a decision that I'm just going to obey God. The question is, church, are there areas in your life, are there things in your life that you're holding on to that you know disobey God? Are there areas in your life that you know that are disobeying God? Has the Holy Spirit been convicting you about things in your life this year that you keep holding on to because in your humanity you can't see yourself without this crutch? Are there proclivities? Are there, are there addictions? Are there things that you keep doing? Is there a cycle in your life? And the Holy Spirit keeps telling you to stop it. But check this out. Let's go back to the mind. Knowing these little things and these little spots of disobedience, he tells you to stop doing them, but you keep doing them. You do them a little bit here and there. Now you've convinced your mind that these little things are okay. Because you've been doing them so long and you haven't seen anything tragic, tragic happens to you. You haven't seen anything really bad happen to you. You still do these things that he keeps telling you to stop doing. Stop doing it, but you keep doing it anyway. But nothing bad has happened, so you keep doing it. So now you have a mind of disobedience and you don't even really realize it. So now slowly you've created a mind of disobedience over the course of years. And so over the course of years, you've created a mind of disobedience. You fall into the line of the children of Israel. The children of Israel were supposed to get to the promised land because their mind was so easily dis disobeying God. They didn't get there until 40 years. God says, I can do some amazing things in your life, even right now. If you would just transform your mind and become obedient, you can get to where you're going to tomorrow versus 40 years if you had a disciplined mind of obedience.
how much time did you think about God? What is the percentage of your mind? Where does God fit in this piece called your mind? And all these things are so important that I gotta do. And then, oh, by the way, uh, I have devotion today. I haven't read my word or prayed in the last four or five days, but I have to have a healthy mind. I have to have the mind of Christ. And Jesus is the example. He spent all his time with the Father. He accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish here on earth.
We want to thank you for tuning in today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit AbundantLifeLB.com 